But for those of us who live at the shoreline, standing upon the constant edges of decision, crucial, alone, for those of us who cannot indulge the passing dreams of choice, who love in doorways, coming and going in the hours between dawn, looking inward and outward at once, before and after, seeking nows that can breed future. Recording to you from Detroit, Michigan, you are listening to Blacks with Blues. with blues you are listening to episode 10 wildflower featuring kiani niall brown and Alyssa osasere stay tuned for this in-depth conversation and to what it means to be a self-identified wildflower right after this
summer never comes bestie we went to high school together and she is at the new school for right now in new york city mm-hmm. and you know we just separated <laughs> but you know we both just are on the same wavelength in terms of creativity and just like the general vibe and just understanding each other and like any kind of like endeavors that we have about like empowering black women and mm-hmm. ourselves in that because we are black women and if you were to sum yourself up in I don't even want to give you a limit. Just what are important parts of yourself that you feel like you would share if you were introducing yourself to other people? I enjoy holding space for other people to be their authentic selves. Um, And I think that's why I study psychology. I'm interested in human behavior, but also how we heal and how we evolve as human beings. So I would say I'm a very emotional spirit but also very calm um i pride myself on just being my authentic self so that other people can be their authentic selves and we just kind of co-create these different spaces that can allow us to heal so i would say i'm a very open person as i said before emotional um i'm a capricorn That's definitely like key to my personality and I'm always changing. Like I feel like I'm very fluid. That's how I would describe myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, what do you want to talk about today? I think we should definitely talk about just what it means to be black, what it means to be a black woman mm-hmm. and how do we like deal with the political trauma going on right now? Like how mm-hmm. do we exist in this space? And also like talk about our journey just coming into ourselves as like maybe self-identify wallflowers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important topic we should stick with. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll let you pick. You're the guest. Okay. Where do you want to start? I think we should start with, I guess, like high school and mm-hmm. kind of move through that, like how we met and how we were in that moment and how we've grown today. Mm-hmm. So I know like when I met you, I didn't really know anyone like I had just transferred from another high school and I was so quiet and I was like the only person like wearing my natural hair and I just felt so othered Um, but I know when we met we were able to sort of find this common ground like we were both very like introverted um, paid attention to everything like very studious and I think that was so important to have like that type of friendship during that time period Mm -hmm. because I was still trying to find myself like who am I like I've always been a little bit different from other people just because 
I have always had my own style and my own opinions, and I was very precautious, you know, growing up. And I had a mother who instilled a lot of values in me that I think a lot of black children don't necessarily get, like loving your hair, loving your skin, loving your body, mm -hmm. just really just being strong. So I think coming into a school where I just felt very different, I think I needed like someone like you to talk with to just sort of bring me back to like this peace of mind. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy that we met, yeah. honestly. Like me too, me too. It definitely changed my trajectory in a lot of ways. Oh my so. God. You inspired me to go natural. And I didn't <laughs> I even know that. Say that. No, you didn't? Oh, my God. No. See, I think that's the, like, important part about bringing up, like, otherness and needing still still needing to find, like, community, I guess, mm -hmm. or, like, some type of relationship b within otherness, mm -hmm. like, within that specific otherness also, because, like, I think it really with when you brought up how your mother would instill like you know certain values that you know weren't really common around like among like a lot of other black children mm -hmm. and it's pretty much the same way with me it wasn't as explicit with my parents because they're a lot um less i don't want to say radical but they're not they're, they're just pretty conservative mm -hmm. but it was still generally especially for my mom it was generally just like this whole like okay well you're in this body and you're a soul before you're a body mm -hmm. and you need to do your own work and like whatever work God has put you here for. And mm -hmm. with that, you got to find your people and you don't care about what they look like. And in the meantime, you got to take care of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that just really led to us coming together like that. Just connecting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also being able to see like the injustices within the school system oh, yeah. mm -hmm. by being predominantly black, even though it was in the suburbs, like mm -hmm. it's still 90% black folks. And knowing that we didn't have the same resources as like the all white suburb, maybe 15 minutes away from our school. So oh, being able to, from, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and being able to name that and talk about it so it's just not bottled up in the same way. And obviously we were frustrated in our last two years of high school, but oh, yeah. we were able to share that pain as opposed to just being like, well, this just is what it is. And I think that definitely helped me like moving into college, like being able to name the experiences I had and then coming into a different area where people are more privi privileged. Like in New York City, like mm -hmm. there's still a lot of issues, but you know, going to the new school, it's a very, it's still predominantly white institution. Like people are paying, you know, I had scholarships, but a lot of people had their parents paying for absolutely everything and they weren't necessarily used to dealing with adversity. So mm -hmm. I think if I didn't have that kind of relationship with you, I wouldn't have been able to name my experiences and move from that and be able to talk about it in a very eloquent way with mm -hmm. my white peers, like in um, <laughs> academic spaces peers, or yeah. even with just anyone. Yeah. Because everyone comes from different walks of life. Right. So being able to really understand your journey, mm -hmm. it was important for me to be confident and just really know who I am, you know, starting off mm -hmm. in a new city where I didn't know a soul. So mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. again, like I'm, I'm happy that we had that relationship and we were able to build from that. Even though we weren't always together, I feel like that made us both stronger, like right. as black women. Mm -hmm. And with that, with the naming thing, being able to name things in, in a sense like takes away part of their power. Mm -hmm. Not all of it, definitely not. But it's like being able to recognize and name those things are just so important. And I'm glad I've been able to give that to you. Yes. <laughs> so with all these experiences, what would you say, what do you think... You brought up wallflower, feeling like a wallflower, mm -hmm. and like 
feeling like you're othered at the same time mm-hmm. as well if they mean the same thing but how have those things informed your experience as a black woman mm. i think i didn't even really identify as a wallflower until college but i know like growing up i understood that i was shy but i didn't really know like where that was stemming from and i do think it had to do with having like social anxiety and sort of over analyzing different experiences and not being super confident in my own body so i think once i got to college it became more like real like i could kind of mm. name the different experiences where i would feel super anxious or i wouldn't feel right. like i wanted to really interact with people and be confident mm. so i think like identifying as a wallflower it just means that you know despite the anxiety i'm able to really have a large understanding of myself and others and having mm. like i think being a wallflower also means that you have a lot of emotional intelligence like you're able mm. to connect with people in a different way like i might not be the most vocal but i can really feel the energy in the room mm. and how people feel and how they're able to work through different issues so how would you define wallflower i think wallflower is i think within like being a black woman being a wallflower is being unique and being strong and sort of being marginalized in a lot of mm-hmm. ways but finding a way to sort of stay centered through that and mm-hmm. i think you know like during these times where we have someone like trump you know doing all these different things with policy and oppressing people as a wallflower i feel very affected by that mm-hmm. and i think it's important to connect with other folks that self identify as wallflowers like being more emotional in touch with their emotions being anxious or even being depressed like having some kind of identity that deems them to be marginalized and being mm-hmm. able to sort of grow through that right, so right. i don't know being a wallflower can be different things in different contexts right. but I, i definitely view it in more of a like spiritual emotional thing mm. which is really important because in all the terms i've heard like all the times i've heard the term wallflower used it's always been like a dismissive term mm-hmm. where it's like oh they're just a wallflower they just stand there they don't really contribute anything right and just standing just, on the sidelines yeah, of the party yeah right right and it's just like okay first of all there's that idea that you feel like you have to be contributing something to be valuable first of all and right. then also just like where you position yourself too mm-hmm. how like people will gravitate towards the center or those who are in the center and it's like that's valuable but you know you got to look around you right. and you know see what else is going on and understand different perspectives that aren't just in the center. Mm-hmm. So and we all interact in different ways. Definitely. I think by being a wallflower, there's this sort of power in being able to recognize everything that's around you oh, yeah. and just, you know, I think it makes us more creative beings and we're able to feed from all the energy in the room and be able to sort of like really understand like mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. to be a black woman in these different spaces. Right. So mm-hmm. I think being a wallflower it helps me tap into a lot of like other levels of thought whether it is like political or it's spiritual so mm-hmm. i think it's an amazing thing that should be talked about more oh definitely like one thing that i i just love i just love the term wallflower because it's like it's pretty much once again with the naming of things it's right. like putting a term to something that i've always like identified with but just never knew how to encapsulate exactly so like How do you feel I know you brought up like how 
horribly shitty like these political times are but Mm -hmm. how do you find rest as a wallflower as someone who like always is feeling energies whether or not you want to because i know i deal with that a lot too like Mm -hmm. especially this past year these past couple months have just been really trying in terms of like different energies and just unbalanced things and just like stuff that i did not want to invite into my space or my friend's spaces and that just like permeates and it's just like a lot to manage so Mm -hmm. and with you being in new york city i can imagine new york city (laughs) is like an energy like what's the word like a just a waterfall of energy and just like not even just a waterfall like a lake too where it's just like all this stuff (laughs) mixing and mingling and it's like when you're so sensitive like that how do you keep yourself grounded Mm. i'm a homebody so (laughs) (laughs) good yeah i like to go out and party but i i know like my limit so i think you know as a wallflower being someone who's really like into their emotions and different things like that i always Mm -hmm. check in with myself and typically i have like a morning ritual where i sort of like that's sometimes my anxiety can come up in the morning. So if I'm feeling very anxious in the morning, I know that whole day should be more geared towards the self. And, you know, like I'll go to school, go to work, but I may not like go to a party or go to a networking event. I might just focus on like myself getting some tea, taking a nice shower. So I think constantly checking in with my own like emotions and feelings throughout the day is key because mm-hmm. you can just get wrapped up into all the energy around you. I'm, I definitely identify as an em- yeah. empath. Like mm-hmm. I think being a wallflower and being an empath sort of like connect a lot. And right, right. yeah, just checking in also just and the weekends is always important to me. Like that's when I really figure out like what's really going on. What do I need to change? Whether mm-hmm. it's like my thinking patterns or it's like specific behaviors. Like how can I make sure I'm really continuing to check in with myself and not letting myself sort of just fall victim to my anxiety and right. depression? Because it gets real. Like when you're in New York, Ooh. it's mm-hmm. so much going on. There's so many different people doing a million things, and you feel like you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. But you really have to remind yourself, okay, like this is my journey. This is my path. I don't necessarily need to have five jobs and five internships. Mm -hmm. I can stick with what's important to me in that moment. So it's really just about going back to your center. Right, right. Yeah. That's very, very real. I have so many thoughts going through my mind. mind, Like this topic, Mm -hmm. like I said, has just been on like the forefront of my mind for a little while now. And I wonder a lot about what... Because, you know, cause and effect is a very real thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, what conditions create a wallflower or mm-hmm. an empath at that, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I've also been through a lot of traumatic shit and, like, also identify as an empath and someone who's just, like, was really sensitive to energy. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking, like, all my life I've been called, like, super sensitive because of that or just like oh you just you know why are you always over any feelings over there and it's like because there's just so many feelings to feel but it's also like that's so real (laughs) it's just first of all i feel like the whole like oh you're just being sensitive is really invalidating it is and like with that i'm trying to see where i'm trying to go with this part but it's interesting to me how especially as black people We've all been through some form of generational trauma. And Mm -hmm. through that generational trauma, just like any kind of trauma, you have a response to it that is Mm -hmm. really an adaptation, adaption, some way that you adapt and live your life. Mm -hmm. Like how you like building after that reality. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Coping with it. And it's like, it's just, I wonder how some people can be like really, really, really 
insensitive or just like totally numb to certain things mm-hmm. and then others are on the complete other side Opposite, of the spectrum yeah. yeah and it's just like i don't know i don't know if this is going anywhere but this is just something no. that i think about a lot where it's like what makes a wallflower a wallflower why this is a choice that we're just so much more <laughs> like in tune with energies or is it just like an innate thing are we like what is that thing called indigo children <laughs> whatever <laughs> we're just like we're just like from another planet or some shit or i would definitely say it's like a complex like interplay of genes and environment but really i think about the environment and like i know for me my mom was like very outspoken and mm-hmm. emotional person And I think, like, just as black women, we're always told that we're too sensitive and just, like, too much, like, showcasing so much emotion. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're always, like, that our emotions are always erased in some ways. So Mm -hmm. the fact that I have my mother just being so, like, explosive and unapologetic, like, I knew that I can be that way. But also, she's been through a lot. And I think about how much my grandma has been through, how much her parents have been through. And a lot of it has to do with discrimination, like, post-slavery how do we deal with you know living in the United States and I know for me I think I became a wallflower or developed into a wallflower just because I don't know I've always been introverted but I I do feel like I was bullied a lot and Mm. I think I would sort of become even more quiet because of that because I didn't want to draw any attention to myself so Mm -hmm. I knew like I had all this hair I was real skinny and I just you know I didn't care about what everyone was wearing I wore my own stuff so I think people would always really be looking at me and I was just like I don't want anyone to pay attention to me I just want to be myself so Mm -hmm. I think I became even more quiet and shy but I was always paying attention to what was going on and I'm just like why are people commenting on my natural hair? Like, we all black, like, what's up with that? So I think that just made me more critical of, like, social situations, and I sort of continue that. I sort of reclaimed my own um, identity because people are just like, oh, you're too quiet, you're too this, you're too that. But I'm like, this is just me. This is how I am. So I think I just stuck with it, and it just became my own, like, personality and the way that I approach social situations. Um, So I think just a combination of seeing my mom be unapologetic and I was unapologetic but in a softer way and um, it definitely just had to do with a lot of the people that I would be approached with in like elementary middle school and even high school too Mm -hmm. so I think like a lot of it is um, structural like structural Mm -hmm. oppression and how we choose to react to it we might become more internalized where we either don't think about it at all and we just kind of suppress our feelings or become more vocal about it and it can take different turns depending on who you are Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that's so true um a few weeks ago i was having a needed conversation with um someone i know Mm -hmm. and we were talking we're both introverts but we're both on opposite sides of the spectrums in terms of energy mm-hmm. and one when we perceive it how we perceive it and two like how we react to it and just it got me thinking a lot about the role of silence in black mm-hmm. women and shaping their identity because what was interesting when I was having this conversation I've always felt like silence has been for me a like it's never been an option it's just like what you are supposed to do mm-hmm. you know coming from whether it's like traumatic abuse situations or just like, you know, the very um, elder-centric, patriarchal 
like, well, not by choice, but unfortunately, patriarchal Nigerian culture, and even like parts of Black American culture that are like that. It's like you know, Black girls are supposed to silence themselves, and mm -hmm. it's like that's kind of what I felt like I needed to do for like all my life because mm -hmm. it's like if you attract attention to yourself, that's one way of being like, okay, I'm not silent. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you're here, you're being perceived, you need to say something. And, right. You know, I don't I don't want that. So it's like just being comfortable in that silence and silence being a default rather than a choice. Right. And the person I was talking to, she had a different experience where silence was a choice for her. And mainly because she felt like she always had to be the one to... I'm not going to go into like, like super specifics, but mm -hmm. basically she's been the one who's had to pretty much take care of almost the entire household since she was younger. Ooh. And she's just gotten to a point where she just can't, you know, deal with, like... She just feels like she really... It's like growing up faster. I'm just right. tripping over my words right now. But because she's grown up faster, it's just that sense of independence, I guess, feels more like... It's oh. like a form of self-care. Yeah. To choose to be silent in right. situations. Right? right, right. And, you know, we had a, you know, went through a situation where, like, that was, those boundaries were stepped over and, you know, there was the whole mess. But anyway, like, I just, that was just really powerful for me because how silence affects black women in different ways mm -hmm. and how, like, it all comes from trauma yes. and, like, really <laughs> horrible shit we've been through. Right. But it's, like, how we use it and what are the most potent ways to use it in terms mm -hmm. of like self-care and liberating ourselves and yeah yeah i've been <laughs> in that like space where i think about silence and definitely as a socially anxious person i'm like do i choose silence or do i possibly say something take mm -hmm. up space and say the wrong thing and then yeah. like ruminate on that and mm -hmm. i think like being in a like college setting i'm constantly in political spaces where we're talking about a lot of things and I might not feel super comfortable. So I may choose to be more quiet and listen. And I know um, I recently went to Colombia and I was mm -hmm. able to be around a lot of Afro-Colombian folks talking about the things going on there with displacement and fighting for their land. And a lot of things that we go through like in Detroit, like feeling right. like we don't have like our own space and things are being gentrified, things are being taken from us. And mm -hmm. I chose in that moment to be silent because I wanted to listen and I didn't feel like... Right. I have the expertise to really have a dialogue. Mm -hmm. I really just want to absorb all the information. Um, right, right. But I do think in that way, it can be powerful. Like you're choosing when right. you feel most comfortable. But in a lot of ways, because black women historically do not have the space to say what's on their mind, I do think it's important to go back to that and say, you know, like, I still need to stand up. I still need to say right. something. It may not be super profound, but like, it's still your own feelings and your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And um, whether it is about your own trauma or it's just an opinion that you have, I think you still have to push yourself to be vocal at some point. And it's also like a process. Like you're not gonna mm -hmm. become like an organizer overnight and like do all these different things. You can just slowly, put yourself out there and be comfortable and let people know like I'm not necessarily a person who's always speaking up but this time I choose to and right. I feel comfortable so I think it's about claiming your body and being in mm -hmm. touch with your body and knowing when you feel like you want to speak up mm -hmm. and not necessarily you know like being negative 
about it and like doubting yourself because you didn't say something in that moment because right. we all have time to grow and we all have time to really share our ideas and our opinions so mm -hmm. it's just kind of go with the flow and be in touch with your body and connect with other people like let them know what's going on and how right. you interact like if you are a wallflower just say you know this is how I am like I might not speak up all the time but I'm listening and I understand you mm -hmm. okay. that's another thing the flow of thoughts Man, oh my god this is something that really is so oh it just irritates me how like when you've always been more of a pensive personality mm -hmm. or just like generally more neurotic type yeah and that neuroticism like pushes you to be a little bit more silent than you normally would and how like it's also like how people perceive that too, your silence, mm -hmm. which is not shit we can control, but at the same time, it's just very, very it's frustrating. frustrating. Yeah. Cause, oh, the amount of times. It's for black women, it's always horrible because we just by default have resting bitch face just because of our complexion. <laughs> and it's just, I just wish there were a way around it. Cause sometimes yeah. I just don't want to be perceived by anybody ever. Right. I'm just you like, just can I just be a just mist? Float around. Right. Just, just float. <laughs> yeah. Just, just be around the world. That'd be great. But yeah, some people think mm -hmm. if you're silent, you're stuck up, or right. you don't care that you're not paying attention, mm -hmm. or when, that you're stupid. Yeah, it's just, it's just. I feel like that's why conversations are so important. Mm -hmm. Like you can literally just go up to a person and ask them, like, you're so quiet. Like, what's? I don't know. What are you thinking about? And I feel like that can literally just create an entire like conversation that would just mm -hmm. open up so many doors. Oh, yeah. So I feel like as people, just even as black people, we sometimes don't know how to talk to each other mm -hmm. and we just create these stereotypes like, oh, she's quiet. That means she's this, she's that. And it's like, no, reminds I'm me just- of high school again. Yeah, I can, I'm just a human being. Like right. you can come up to me, you can talk to me, we can vibe out. So I feel like we need to be more compassionate and more understanding right. of how we all take up space differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just also understanding power dynamics. Like it's hard to be a black woman and take up space sometimes because we are analyzed intensely. Like everything so we do, yeah. like everything, we can make one mistake and it becomes be this over. huge yeah. deal. So it's anxiety inducing mm -hmm. to take up space as a black woman. There's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. just to exist in this world. So we should be given credit when we just finally decide to just speak up and yeah. just be, or when we don't decide to do that, when we decide to self-care and mm -hmm. listen and be in our own space, either right. or is valid. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so valid. So true. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else in your mind? Mm. Anything you're mad about? Anything you're Anything not mad, mad about? about. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I'm mad lately. I feel like I'm just trying to, soul search and figure out really who I am and where I want to be mm -hmm. and I think I've been thinking about what spaces can I thrive in the most and which people which people should I surround myself with right. um and it's just it's hard because we're both about to graduate and it's just like what's about to happen yeah. what's going on so I don't know if I'm angry I am frustrated with the news like what's going on in the right, world right but I'm trying to sort of still stay centered and not be completely thrown off by those things and see like what I can really do, whether it's like just making sure I'm talking with people about politics so we're not completely like not sure what's going on. Like I think it's it's important to read about things, but not to the point where you just feel so like sad and depressed and right. you have to balance out. Yeah. And I know it's social media. 
Ugh, Twitter. It's so much information overload. Like mm-hmm. I have to like cleanse from that. Um, yeah. But since I've been on winter break lately, I've just been like watching the news all the time. And mm-hmm. it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see things crumble and to see like people in office not like not give a shit about you and who you are. Right. But at the same time, we have a lot of black women that are trying to push back against that. And mm-hmm. that's been amazing to see this year. Oh, so yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm trying to push through. Like, yeah. That's the vibe. I'm trying to push through. I'm trying to grow. Right, right. I'm trying to learn from my mistakes and really just keep moving, keep it moving. Yeah, me too. I feel that. I think that's just the lesson for 2017 <laughs> that we got to take into 2018. It's just to push Absolutely. through and take breaks. Breaks are so underrated. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot about, I don't know, just America and how work culture is already like you need to work all the time or else you're wasting your life and then for black women black women have always worked too exactly so it's yeah. like on top of that oh my god there's just so much to deal with but we're the leaders in the home and the workplace mm-hmm. in every part of our life we yep. are leaders and yep. we don't even get a break nope so like as black women we always have to prioritize prioritize our health at all times oh yeah mm-hmm. it's hard to mm-hmm. really be it's hard to really push forward when you're constantly worrying about someone else right right like what's going on with your brother or with your grandparents like what about you like mm-hmm. what's going on with yourself and like what do you need to do to stay healthy like as a black woman right. and all your other friends that are black women like, I feel like we need to come together more to talk about our health Definitely. because it kind of mm-hmm. just gets pushed under the rug and we don't really talk about it. We just got to get on to the next thing. And that's not sustainable Mm-mm, at all. Yeah. As has been shown time and time again with countless black women who do an important work. But, you know, there's just such a price for that kind of work. And like never really getting to take a break from that, too. Like, And it never being acknowledged in yeah. the right way until it's too late. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So vital. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I just want to create more. Like, I've been focusing a lot on my major and Mm -hmm. talking about mental health with folks, but I want to explore other facets of my being. Um, Mm -hmm. I think by being emotional, I need more outlets. Like, I want to be more artistic. So I'm hoping in the next year I can push myself to do that, whether it's, like, through poetry, through writing, creating spaces for Black women, so I'm excited to do that and just keep growing, mm-hmm. keep it moving. Yeah. And it's just such an important like method of release too. Is Absolutely. Like expression it's then. very cathartic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got some things to work on in 2018. We do. <laughs> Especially ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. So much coming up. It's about to be lit, y'all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Kiani. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. I love you. You're my bestie. <laughs> Justin loves you too. He's you know, probably I love screaming y'all. internally right now. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this was amazing, and I hope to come back and share more with y'all in we, 2018. Yes, please. Kisses. Love you. <laughs>featuring Kiani Nayo Brown and Alyssa Osasere. Just want to send a special thanks out to Kiani for making it all the way here to visit us in the Blacks of Blue studio from New York. 
We love you. We appreciate you. And we're always sending love and support your way. If you guys enjoyed what you heard today, if you want to keep the conversation rolling, please feel free to comment in the link below. And until next time, this is what it sounds like to be black and with the blues. Why don't you just let go and quiet down your ego? Don't complain about finance. I know your daddy weren't a real man. Go ahead and live your dreams. To me, you're stronger than a whole team. I know you can't relax, and you don't want me to know that. I see you work real hard. You wanna help your friends, but trust me, baby, you don't owe them. Don't take on people's problems. I wanna see you smile, even when you think I'm angry. It's true, it might take a while, but it's between you and me. Check my texts Don't you worry about my ex I might be on his mind But I never reply Remember on the weekend I said I'll make some changes And you said you'd do the same thing And I don't wanna fight my king I heard you when you was weak You caught me on my knees Don't pressure me for some kids And I won't pressure you for marriage I know it's never the right time But we gotta do things on our time Sometimes I still doubt myself But at least now I love myself And I am quite emotional That's why you can't get close at all So I start to push away The ones that love me Cause I'm scared that they might walk away I'm not perfect so I try every day and I grow a little bit Read a little more so I can educate my kids Eat from my soul and cleanse my spirit Pray cause I'm ready for the bloom of the city Since serenity is all that I need